Hi, I'm Danny, and I've been a bartender in Las Vegas for the past 24 years. Over those years, I've heard a ton of great stories from fellow bartenders and Las Vegas workers. So I'll be your host as we listen in while they share their stories. This is Tales from Vegas. Welcome to another episode of Tales from Vegas, guys. Hey, guys, this is a special episode. Um, uh, my guest here, I've, I've known for probably other than family for the longest time of any of the guests I've had on, on the show. Um, but these uh, episodes now, he's, he's a musician and, and I have a new uh, part or new special editions to my uh, uh, Tales from Vegas podcast. It's music editions and we're going to have on uh, musicians that come on and, and this one's actually special. I know, like I said, I've known him for a long time. Um, let's uh, let's introduce him. Uh, his name is uh, Paul Anthony. Yes. Man. Yes. Nice to meet you. I, I've known this gentleman since uh, high school. 30 years. 30, yeah. yeah 30 for, years. Valley yeah, High Boys. Valley High Boys. Yeah. It's been a long time. Now, we did lose uh, contact a little while there, you know. When, a little bit. Kids and, and kids marriage. Stuff, and, and you jobs. moved away and whatever yeah. and, and 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 kind of finding a connection again with, with when you know someone that we had worked with and stuff that we yeah. both knew, which was funny, and then we found out about it and stuff. But uh, yeah, That's no, right. but, yeah. But uh, Paul here is an accomplished musician. Um, Thank you. He was just talking beforehand and some of the stuff he's done. And it's been amazing, man. You know the people he got to play with and, and, and got to know and stuff and sing. And, and you yourself are just a great musician, you know. And, and, and I've heard a little, little you. clip of you really and stuff, man. That. No, yeah. man, it, it, it's awesome. And, yeah. and you always were the ilk, man. You always had some some chops even when we were younger and and your first. I was band learning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was a late bloomer though. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know? I right. was distracted when I was younger. We were partying. We all, yeah. <laughs> we you know, I wasn't, I wasn't taking it as seriously as I probably should have, considering how good the music scene was in the. 90s in las vegas right but uh, yeah i got i got my shit together man. Right. eventually yeah so Took well, me a while. it's uh where, where were you born born here in vegas or uh, i was born in Huntington beach california okay uh, slash fountain valley I, I you know i want to include i technically was born in fountain valley which oh. is right. like what green valley is to vegas so no one says fountain valley we're all from Huntington beach yeah, yeah um and lived there for you know first nine ten years of my life or so eight years something like that went to salt lake briefly okay. um, back to vegas for about a year and Colorado and then came here in high school and uh started hanging out out here and doing my thing out here so yeah and then you've been started playing music when I was about 14 yeah. uh, started out on bass that was back when I was in Colorado I had an excellent teacher who set me on the right course got me into guys like uh, Jaco Pastore uh, Eric, Eric Berlin yeah uh, Randy Coven a lot of the you know the top Billy Sheehan guys like that um, I was already Kiss and uh, Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, and bands like that. So I was already right. learning those songs, but he kind of set me on a different path of playing. Right. And uh, yeah, it was cool. It kind of opened my mind to things outside of rock. So I had early influences outside of rock right from the get-go. Which it, it seems to me that would be huge for any aspiring musician that wants to take it, you know, as a, other from a kid as a hobby to the next level. You want to have all that influence. You don't want to just be narrowed down a bit. Right. You want to expand your right. your knowledge right? And, right and incorporate that because it's all connected because you'll be better at the thing that you're doing right. i became a better rock singer once i started getting right. into singing soul and, and other yeah. styles of music and really learned to breathe and to hold my notes and, and right. when not to sing which is just as important as when to sing right and to space things out okay and um uh yeah and and dynamics is, is something i learned that i probably would have never really learned if i would have kind of stuck with the rock guys even the rock guys i was listening to those right. guys learned to sing from 
it all came came from R and B and soul yeah. and, and blues and all that's that kind of where there. it all came from. Oh, that's cool. And that, like I said, that make you a, a well rounded uh, musician and stuff. And so, a, a, as you're growing up here and you went to high school here and stuff, were you? Did you like being in, in Vegas uh, when uh, and going through high school and stuff, or did you miss California, or or, or did you even really it didn't even bother you? Or no, I, I love California. I yeah. never I never left that place, man. My soul's always it's always been there, it still is. You're right. Um, high school was awesome. I mean, I can't yeah. say we had a blast, right? We did I have mean, a blast. It was, yeah. <laughs> uh, me and Nick Mazzola were talking about it, yeah. and we literally came to the conclusion that we could literally make a movie. Like Dazed and Confused, but oh, a yeah. '90s version yeah. of all the stuff that we did. Yes, exactly. and we wouldn't have to make shit up. No, we exactly. literally could just write what we did, <laughs> right. and we'd have a, a hit movie. It's I mean, funny. It, I had, never thought about that. But we had a blast. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. And all of our different personalities, yeah. and, and the fact that we all or most of us made it through it, you know, pretty unscathed. Right, is, is right. Even crazier, but we did. We, uh, did. we did have a cast of characters in our group, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, it, it was, was a blast. And I meet yeah. people from all the time that didn't like high school. I'm like, oh my God. Right. I you, had a fucking blast in high school. And yeah. it's funny because I mentioned high school. Like, if I say I didn't like it, I, I just mentioned the, the, the school itself. Outside of school, our, our friends, that was yeah. fun. That was the only yeah. thing that got me through it because, other than, you know, uh, I always say, you know, my mom would always tell me, like, oh, you're going to have so much fun in school. School's going to yeah. be so good. And then I was like, I, I don't like any of this. But then yeah. we would hang out. I'm like, yeah, this is us. Yeah, this is fun. And I guess they, you would incorporate that in. But um, yeah, that that whole uh, uh, growing up and, and, and our buddies, you're right. You could make it totally a movie. Oh, there's no question about it. It yeah. would almost be unbelievable. Most people think when, told right. it was a true story. When we're but, trying to sneak into old Vegas. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> That's funny you bring that up. I was going to say that was one of the many things. And there was like 20 of us. It wasn't yeah. like there was yeah. two or three of no, us. No, there was a big there group of us. There was an entire group of us. And we were taking our girlfriends with us as well, which yeah. was really stupid. Right. Well, yeah, that's their downfall for listening yeah. to us and yeah. following us there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just it briefly was talking about in that little story we were... I don't know what we were doing. We were trying to sneak into it. They had an old town Vegas, right? Back yeah. Then. I think it was going on the way to uh, Boulder, Boulder City. Boulder City. Yeah. And that yeah. time there was nothing it's there. Gone now, and it's gone Yeah, it's totally yeah. gone. It was a failed... Uh, it was like, like amusement a theme, park. Amusement same. park, yeah. yeah. It never went anywhere, though. No, it never did. I mean, uh-huh. it, I don't even remember being open ever. I just remember being... I do, but I never went there when right. it was open. We only fun. snuck in after yeah. it was open. <laughs> so one of the nights Jesus, of all of us drinking good. and doing some other stuff, yeah. somebody had a bright idea, like, we should go sneak into Old Vegas. Yeah, or diving off the cliffs at midnight yeah. up at the lake oh, yeah. when we didn't uh, know if there was rocks below. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord. It's amazing we made it. I think I wiped out three vehicles in, yeah. oh my in God. high school. Yeah. Alone, so. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. We made it, though. It was really fun. And that was kind of the beginning of the music thing, too, for mm-hmm. me. It was Obviously, I, I joined Menage a Trois. I was I didn't right. name, I didn't name that band. Everyone, yeah, man. Um, I joined. I was the last guy to join. I had no say so in anything. That's but funny. we went instantly to playing. We our very first show was in 1990, May of 1990. I remember this very well. Mm-hmm. At Hell Dorado Fair yes. at Thompson Mac. Oh, really? And I Hell was Dorado. on a date with some girl, and I got dropped off down there to catch up with some buddies. They're like, "Hey, you're going on stage in 15 minutes." And I look <laughs> out there, and there's literally hundreds of people, wow. and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. And our singer had talked us, and I, I just played bass, and I didn't sing. Had yeah. talked us into, he talked to people who was they were a country band. Yeah. And he's like, "Is there any chance my band can get up there?" And somehow he talked them into letting us get up there and play. Right before them and so my first show was in front of literally hundreds of people that's awesome and i was pissing my pants yeah i, mean, I was just like shit, holy right? shit dude. yeah i've never had stage fright because i guess i just burnt it all out that night yeah i just yeah. went through i looked at my look down the whole time i was like right. oh fuck yeah yeah, yeah. i was so fucking not <laughs> right. prepared for this like but 
Yeah, that's and it was and it's been easy ever since. It was probably better than that. You found out last minute, so you didn't sit there and think about it more. Maybe you, you probably been like, "Oh shit!" You know, yeah. like, "Holy fuck!" You just like just get this shit over with. Yeah. You know? uh, so was that with uh, Mark? Was that no? Anything? That was before all those guys. That before was the original the lineup of that. Moment. Ah, okay. And we played at uh, Paradise Alley, which after there was Moby Grape, which was like the main yes. rock place back in the day. Yeah, it was I a big actually place. used to push my Camaro down the road. I swear to God, when I was sixteen, sneak <laughs> yeah. out, push my Camaro, and go and hang out and like drink with people and have yeah. my fake ID and the whole. Right, thing. right, right. But um, so that place kind of closed down, and like that rock crowd kind of went over to this place called Paradise Alley, okay. which is now Big Dogs. Okay. And Sam Kinison did a did a thing there, wow. like a rock night, where he'd yeah. like introduce the bands and come and party and so somehow again our singer worked us into getting this gig Jeez. so we're, we're down there and it's funny because we were walking around upstairs and i walked in on sam kinnison and some like asian porn star <laughs> and they were doing coke and like i don't know if he was doing her or what yeah, but yeah. like we just turned around he's like oh you guys are great you're great and like we haven't even played yet, <laughs> did you? But um, we met him later that night. He was a really cool guy, by the way. That's so, awesome, really, man. Really sad what happened to him. Yeah, no Super doubt. nice person. Right. Went out of his way to tell us how good we sounded and everything right. later that night. He was super drunk, whatever. We sounded like shit. It, yeah, yeah. But it was, was just, it was cool. He went out of his way He was to supportive that. and stuff. And um, it was just funny to walk in on him. It's, it's the, 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 the debauchery of rock and roll right, was right. like instantaneous yes. to my 16-year-old self. Exactly. I was like, oh, was here, we, of all here we go. Right. Yeah, I mean, for a literally, I was 16 years old. And we weren't even supposed to be in there, but I had a fake ID, so. So, yeah, yeah, and you got there. Yeah. Well, that's fucking but, cool, man. Yeah. So wow. we played, and and so we did a couple shows there, a couple yeah. shows, a place called Mangate, and then of course I met Mark and and all those guys. Okay, and then we started doing. And they it. took over the. Yeah, okay. and then we started. We played a lot of the same gigs, you know, all the all the good bars around town, right. Club Rock, and whatever was good at the time. And, yeah, and it's a uh, the. the Original singer though, man, he know he knew how to talk. Basically, apparently, he because he get around some stuff. That's he did, cool. yeah. His that's name was Tim Kittle. This guy was just yeah. he could talk his way into just about anything. Yeah, so, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, well, and that's a good frontman to have. Yeah, basically. he yeah, was. He yeah. was great frontman. Yeah, yeah, actually. <laughs> that's but funny. then, and then Mark joined, and then actually Mark and I switched. That was kind of my beginning of singing too. And I started okay. playing bass. And I sang a couple songs. Mark was a better singer, and yeah, he he'd already been playing live shows, so he was very used to playing. He was right. playing drums for his mom when she was uh, yes. Carla Christie up on the strip. Yes. Right. So he was already playing like professional lounge gigs right, by the right. time. So these little bar gigs were nothing to him. Right. So he was a great front man. He was the best looking of all of us. He had the best voice. It made sense. Yeah. And then um, after that, um, I just started kind of bouncing around. Casey and I played together throughout the 90s. Nice. And did a couple different bands. Uh, Marshall Plan was probably our best act. We had a couple decent shows with that band. Right. Again, I was partying through the 90s, so I don't know how serious I was about music. You just had fun. Then. Yeah. I, want, I wanted to be a rock star, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know how serious. Right. Or, I wasn't taking the proper steps to get there, gotcha. especially for the time. Um, and it's a shame because really the music scene was spectacular back then. And right. you had Boris Black, and you had Mama okay. Zeus, and yeah. you had... Uh, Killing Floor mm-hmm. and and even Hemlock, who was a metal band, who went on to tour and do festivals and you know we had we had a great scene. There was a lot of opportunity that really a lot of us should have been working right. harder to get and we didn't, or we or drugs or something right fucked it up for yeah. some of those bands too. So. You know, as you look back on it in youth and in your focus is is different, and even knowing that there, you just you probably didn't know how just to, you just want to have fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you didn't probably realize where that could have took you and stuff. So it's hard to it's hard to be tough on yourself. I'm trying it to is. say, you know, it, it you just and you're young and people are telling you, oh, you're going to make it on your looks. Many many t- look. right, you don't right, even right. have to be talented. Yeah, just yeah, show yeah. up and play. People, it's like, yeah, well, that's not really <laughs> that's true. Not, yeah, that that's might have worked worse. in 1987 briefly for a right. minute when it was purely about looks. But right. I think by the, by the 90s, people were kind of over that. Right. Music had taken such a... a dark turn right to reality and not singing about just you know having sex with a girl in the bathroom right. yeah it was a much deeper thing so, so it was kind of like the whole basically the and then i tell you know younger people that weren't there at that time um 
the whole grunge scene, you know, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and these guys came in, and, and I know some people tease me like, ah, Nirvana wasn't that big deal. I'm like, well, well, they weren't. They weren't. <laughs> they go, were pushed, but they weren't the band. Right. I mean, to me, Lo- Mother Love Bone and right was a lot and, better. And, but what I, but I would tell them is that what Nirvana did. Nirvana right. helped kickstart that whole thing. True. Whether you liked them or not, I go. Yeah. Whether you guys liked them or not, you don't understand the impact they had. Like, they, they showed somebody, like you said, that there's more to the music than just you know. Fucking some girl in the bathroom or whatever the yeah, fuck it was. Yeah. It showed there's actual music and there's actual talent. And, and, and so that got that going. And, and if anything, I tell people, and I go plus without, uh, you know, Nirvana, you don't, you don't get Foo Fighters. You know, yeah. Dave Grohl doesn't basically. So maybe True. maybe in some different world, but different aspects. Well, who knows where Rock would have gone? Because I think right. by the time that uh, uh, the 90s came along, I know that a lot of the 80s guys, they, they'll, they'll defend the 80s rock. And yeah. I, I, I missed it. Yeah. I don't think there was any reason to like end these people's career. I think no. that, that was brutal the way the music industry treated bands yeah. like White Lion and all these bands. Those, just, those bands were really good bands. They didn't yeah. deserve that. But bands like Nelson came along and mm. Trickster. Yeah. And I don't I don't hate those bands. I don't no. even dislike those bands or, or discount their talent. But it was hard it was hard to swallow. And I, I think most men were going over to hip hop and things that were a little more macho and tougher. Right. You're and right. those bands kept the girls because they were you know, the guys were good looking yeah, yeah. and all exactly. that stuff. But it wasn't it wasn't gonna last. Yeah. There was no way that rock was gonna last going that direction. Yeah. Thank God Nirvana was the band that broke through. Right. I think Soundgarden deserves the credit. Oh yeah. I think Mother Love Bone deserves credit. Yeah. But the reality is Sound or Nirvana is the band that brought right. the mainstream over yeah. to that way of thinking. Right. So they do deserve credit for that. Right. And and you know, even I tell Bill even before Nirvana's big band, and Allison Chains had an album before that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they were facelift. We were already listening to Allison yeah, Chains. Exactly. We, I already had that album yeah. before. Yeah. So, exactly. and I had Soundgarden back in like 1988. Yeah. I mean, the Soundgarden story for me, and this this is something I want to talk about, anyways. Yeah. Is um, that was the first band that I got into as far as like the grunge scene goes, anyways? And that was literally in 1988. My buddy Justin Sterling mm-hmm. went to LA and came back with two cassettes. Yeah. And one of them was. Uh, Jane's Addiction, no, and the other one was uh, Soundgarden, and I, I don't remember which Soundgarden it was, right? But it was one of their early ones. And yeah. He bought it at some tape store, and he's like, "Dude, this singer reminds me so much of you. It's bizarre." Oh yeah. He's like, "You're gonna dig," and he's like, "The music's not that great, but dude, the singer sounds like you. It's yeah. like creepy." And he did. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, obviously, Jane's Addiction, like, wow, that yeah. really changed my way of thinking. Too. Yeah. Exactly. But um. Yeah, yeah. That, that's cool. Yeah, yeah that's Soundgarden Sound was the first one that I got. Yeah, to and they did it. And I'm trying to remember the uh, the album. I think it's the one with him, uh, Chris Cornell, in the cover. He's just like shaking his head or something. They had that memory. I don't know. They had a couple yeah. albums before that. Came I don't out. remember which one it was. In right. fact, I was trying to remember which one it was. It was he really gave me. raw. It was. But really... I just remember hearing it and being like, yeah. "Wow, this does kind of sound like." Yeah. Me. Because we were talking early before the podcast, um, for the people listening, um, Dio is the reason I probably vocally wanted to sing. Right. I, I, I was just telling you, I was in second grade, yeah. and I was sitting there with my bud, my brothers, and they were smoking weed, and I yeah. got a little contact high. They went out and swam, <laughs> and I heard a song off the Rainbow album. I, I, what was it? I told you Stormbringer or something like that? Yeah. Um, and it just changed my... Even as a little kid, I was like, dang, I want to sing like this, dude. Yeah. And then, as I told you also, later on, David Lee Roth came along, and I was like, okay, I definitely want to be a yeah, singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's cool with, with the dudes. Yeah. And the chicks all like him. He's just a cool dude. He's a black belt. Yeah. He'll kick your ass. Like, Dave was the man. He got a pass on everything. Right. So. Yeah, you were talking about By the time I got to hearing Cornell, I was like, wow. I was really, at that time, trying to blend uh, John Fogarty yeah. and Dio together. Right. And that was kind of my vocal style. And that's, uh, and that's kind of like what Chris, Chris Cornell does. <laughs> and then I heard him like, well, shit, I'm going to add some of the stuff this guy's doing, too. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And so, you know, really 
completed me as a singer as far as like my three main influences and yeah. four main influences because D- Dave's in there. Dave's yeah. not Dave's not a vocal influence as much. Just more of a showmanship and in, in, yeah, yeah. Even though I'm more, I consider myself a singer more than than a, a showman. Yeah, and I'm not a super. I don't do kicks and yeah. I don't you know right, I, don't, right, I'm, right. I don't look that cool live, but. I'm a singer, and yeah. you know, there's there are guys. You know, Sammy Hagar's more of a singer, and yeah. some guys are both. And yeah. and and you know, Dave, just just con- I think the confidence is, is yes. what I get it from Dave. Okay, and just and being, that's a, that's just, a lot we're just both California guys. I just yeah, I, I'm like Dave in a lot of ways. Like I can relate to the way he thinks. He's quirky and kind of weird, and yeah, I can kind of see where he's you just related. You, you knew yeah. where he was coming from. You yeah. knew you know the whole thing. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. And and like as we we're saying before. Um, before actually, you know, David Lee Roth came out, nobody really liked the singer a lot. A lot of them, the guys, you know, you said didn't like. Yeah, him. He well, was the, the or of, the guys were like jealous because all the yeah, girls yeah, like yeah, the singer. Yeah, They're exactly. like, fuck that guy. I like the drummer. And yeah. you know, the guys want like the the tough guy. The right. Cool and then when guy. he came yeah. along, though, everybody but Dave like, was cool. Yeah, like he could. He cool. he was cool enough that like the guys respected him, and even with when he wore his furry uh, boots and stuff, people thought he was cool. It was still like we just overlooked that. Yeah, he did. He got a pass. He deserved it. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, awesome. And so it's it's neat how. Even earlier on, you know, that, that's a pretty young age kind of realization, like, man, I, this is. is what I want to do, you know, because yeah. that doesn't happen to everybody. Some people are like, yeah, you know, I'm looking, I want to be a fireman, and, and they're yeah. just a passing fancy, but you were kind of like honed in Definitely. almost from the very beginning. And then um, there was another thing was my brother was a spectacular swimmer mm-hmm. and was putting up like Olympic times and probably could have made wow. it had he been able to pass drug tests. Yeah. <laughs> and I had that same quality. You may or may not remember, I, I swam across Lake Mead one time on a bet. Oh yeah, and I've never lost a competitive swing match in my entire life. That right. is actually a fact. Yeah, other than to my brother, so I probably would have gone on and done something really, really sensational. Maybe even made it to the Olympics if I could have really been focused. Really focused and done it. Huh? Um, I definitely had the ability. It really, I think it would have come down to me being me able to mentally be grounded enough to do it. And I can't say whether or not I would have been. It's hard right. to say. Right. But um, I probably would have done that had I not done music. But my brother passed away when I was younger. Yeah. Sorry about that, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. And he was a classical musician and was becoming a rock musician. Right. And when he passed away, I felt the need to take over. I mean, there was just really, there was, it was already there. I would have played had he lived. Right, anyway. right, right. But it's going to help push you forward. Yeah. I mean, it just, I just, there was no way I wasn't going to take over. I mean, goddamn sure that yeah. somebody in the family represented what he was about. And that's, that's what he was, was music. Yeah. And he wasn't yeah. an athletic guy and he was, you know, he was just more of like a Dungeons Dragons, smart, intellectual, right. super high IQ, you know, passing grades. And, um, yeah, that's been my driving force, and it's it's you know it's powerful. It's what's got me that's to this cool. point. Right, exactly. I wouldn't be playing now if it wouldn't have been for that. Yeah. I would have gone and played, and nice. like most guys, got the hot chick and settled down, had kids, and probably not been playing by the time I was in my thirties or forties. But right. you know, this is a, I'm a lifer, unfortunately. Yeah, so, you you're you're a musician, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I'm in it your... for the passion and yeah. the spirituality of it, and, and just that... just much different reasons than most people are. To be honest with you, that's why I've never really wanted to focus on on making money on it or make it a career because it's like this is my passion this is what i do to survive this is my therapy it's what keeps my head above water yeah and that's cool man and and like i said that's why you're still doing it now i think when you focus on just making money off of it you usually for the most part you don't and and even the guys that i'm really like that that influenced me and that you know specifically chris grinnell i have no problem with all the comparisons and all that because because i love the guy right he he probably saved my life with his music Um, yes definitely healed me and I, I think he's so unique as a musician to everybody else in the entire rock industry mm-hmm. in the fact that he's the, he was this the best-looking guy of all the grunge guys, so he could have mm-hmm. had the chicks. Yeah. He could have been the rock star, arrogant prick, who yeah. sat around and bragged and this, and I banged this girl, and I did that, and yeah. I smoked this joint. And, but he wasn't. He was actually like a real down-to-earth human who yeah. was willing to like 
put his soul and like all of his like pain like in his music and yeah it's like, you know you can hear it to yeah. have the balls to do that and yeah. and you don't have to you're chris right. cornell you don't have to do it but he did and it's just like it's very inspiring to be yeah. honest with you and it's really kept me going especially after he died and my phone was lighting up and everyone's like oh my god everyone knows yeah. how much i love that guy right and you know so it, 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 it he's definitely been very inspiring to me as a musician yeah and and eddie van halen passing too really pushed me like god dang yeah they, uh, us we got to keep this things going yeah, man because exactly. there's not a lot of us you guys my age that are doing rock most of the guys that are doing rock are much older than me yeah so yeah, it yeah, is it's, up it's, to all the younger guys to keep this thing going or it's just not it's just not going to continue to exist right and and yeah and that would be terrible mm-hmm. that would be that would be bad and i know uh chris cornell was one of my favorites too yeah. even so where my oldest boy was in it too so when we heard it he was really crushed by it you know and then and i was devastated. i cried actually i yeah. still cry about it and, and and how could you not you know especially for you that meant so much to you you know it was like almost like a a, a mentor to you not that you knew him personally it was, yeah, and it, it's strange i never met him i actually snuck back me and my this is a hilarious story my, yeah. my second wife and i I snuck us backstage to meet him. I, I, I used this fake Australian accent. Yeah. I was like, oh, I know, I know, my, um, I know yeah. I'm from the... And That's they, pretty they, good, actually. They, they, they did a fucking work. I yeah. swear to God, they finally were like, okay, just fucking yeah, go. Yeah, You're getting on my nerves. Yeah, it's Aussie. So dude, we man. got back there, and I was just about to meet him. The security's like, what are you doing back here? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck, Damn man. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, I would have I would have liked him. I would have liked him at Ed, too. I mean, Van Halen's been a huge, yeah, huge... Right. As far as bands go, that I love Van Halen. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's my band. That's always been my band. And, you know, I love Kiss and Van and Led Zeppelin and stuff too. Yeah, that was and, and uh, you mentioned Kiss and stuff. I remember being little and and not, I was little. I didn't understand what Kiss was. I knew his music, but I didn't understand the whole makeup and yeah. and why parents were like, no, 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 you, you want to listen to that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, like, the makeup oh, concept was brilliant. It's right. the greatest. The the influence from Kiss for me is almost purely business like because I just think it's so oh yeah brilliant what they did with not letting people people who didn't live during that time don't understand how interesting it was like yeah no one knew what these fucking guys looked like it was yeah. so cool yeah it was cool there yeah, was no was, other band mysterious. like that there yeah. never has been and they sounded great you yeah know, on top they of had that cool songs and then remember the it whole thing it stands for knights and, and satan's service yeah. man you can't yeah. listen to those guys. yeah the whole huh? thing and they loved it. they ate yeah. that shit up like yeah it was whatever you want it to be bad, guys bad that's press right. is still press exactly so that was fucking cool man awesome so so i made it through the 90s yes and then i went to the 2000s and just kind of like wandered around i dropped bass switched to vocals mm-hmm. ended up playing and uh cover 90s treat band that was actually doing really well until uh, other members of the band wanted more money than me for some reason okay um yeah it was <laughs> strange weird. Uh, equal uh, they were lucky to get equal it shouldn't have it shouldn't have even been that right but um so started doing original music um had a couple of things along the way i actually sent in a a, a tryout to blind melon sent in a couple songs i had talked to one of the members nice. of the band they were looking to possibly replace their singer for some live shows. And yeah. That didn't ever work. He ended up coming back. And and then um, I also had a chance to try out for Velvet Revolver, and I actually didn't follow through on that. I probably should have in retrospect. Oh, really? Okay. Um, it was right after the Blind Melon thing, and I just I think by that point I would really was like, okay, I, I'm good enough. I can do this on my own. I don't have to join a famous band. I can start from scratch and gotcha. kind of work my way and get a record deal. It was still, you know, it was 2009, 2010. It was still kind of possible to get a deal and go right. on tour. And I don't know if it is anymore unless you're, you know, a pop act or something. Yeah. But then played in various uh, original acts, played in 13 years. I just, I just showed you. We played with uh, like Steel Panther and stuff at House yes. of Blues and nice. some pretty cool shows. Yeah. Tomorrow's Hand was kind of an extension of that, probably ultimately a better band songwriting-wise. I don't mm-hmm. think the lineup was ever quite as good as 13 years, but the songs were probably better. And then um, the California thing happened, and I just felt like the Las Vegas music scene was pretty much dead. Yeah, we were, we have like one rock club here. It's still not particularly good. I don't want to bash the scene or anything, but right. the reality is, is we just don't have a very strong rock scene in Las right. Vegas. 
And so I went to LA. And yeah. that's what you do when things aren't working out. And you, you, I couldn't give up. And right. we started playing out there and started playing these bigger shows. And before long, um, we were, you know, 2016, we were playing with Sweet. Nice. And a lot of different other tribute bands at pretty yeah. big venues, you know, 800 all the way up to, I think, 1,500, some of these places. Yeah. And the next thing you know, we're getting paid well and playing with our uh, childhood heroes. And like That's I said, cool. Bloister Colt played yeah. Ace Fraley, nice. uh, Fog Hat, Fuel, Damn. Blind Melon. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so many. I'd have yeah, to actually literally go through the lineup the list is and, amazing that you, you know, have to Starship, play uh, Jefferson Starship. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm spacing a lot of bands right now, and that's course, and but. but that's awesome. Like this is stuff you grew up listening to, yeah. and then you're playing with them. Yeah, and stuff and, it, it is amazing, especially when they're back. They're like complimenting you, like, "Oh, you're such yeah. a great singer." Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. I'm like trying to like, well, I they're had every to, single one of your yeah, fucking yeah, albums. Exactly. I wouldn't even be here, especially right. Blister Cult. That was just like, yeah, whoa, dude. Did you fanboy on them a lot, or you kind of kept no, it, your composure no, a little bit? Because they're a very interesting band. Before they played, one one of the things that that. The, the, one of the, we've gotten in really well with the Canyon Club venue specifically okay. and their booking agent has practically become our booking agent nice. and he's told me that consistently you guys in Antihero were selling consistently better than any other act that I book as far wow. as an opening act nice. and he said and that includes the entire time I've been here so wow. that was great and yeah. that's that's been able to that's why he, literally he's like I'll give you guys any gig you want because I know you're going to deliver it every right. time so we have been able to do that, but the the Blue Easter Cult thing was weird because they have like a ceremony before they play. Okay, and we don't talk to the bands yeah. beforehand. I don't like being bothered either. Right, right. It's sound check. I don't even like to talk the day of the show. Actually, I talk very little when I'm about to sing that day. Gotcha. And it's not. I'm not being a prima donna. I just no, don't. No. I, I save just... my voice for the show. Right. And so we don't. We don't. We never bother the bands at sound check and stuff. We do that thing. We'll talk to them afterwards. Yeah. But beforehand, they were like all standing in a circle, and like. It was very cultish. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> it was very strange. Really? And we were just like, yeah, don't go out there right yeah, now. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I, they didn't want us out there. They had like this little rug all set up in a circle. And wow. They had like this like strange little like spiritual powwow before they went out and played. But really? they, they were spectacular, man. That's I cool. mean, those guys are in their 70s. And it's like... Hey, whatever's getting them to the show. Yeah. Phenomenal. That's cool. Yeah, it was a really cool show. But. It's it's funny the little you know pre show stuff that, that different yeah. people do. Obviously, as you see that you know, I do it too. I have yeah. a routine. Why not? You know, yeah, that, that's, that's what you do. This it gets yeah. you ready mentally and you know physically. Definitely. You just kind of like you said, you don't want like talking a lot. And I understand that you know. Yeah, and these are huge. These are really big shows, and people are paying right. a lot of money. I mean, right. some of these so tickets cost be... as much as fifty dollars. It's like Jesus Christ! Yeah. I paid fifty dollars back right. in the day when I saw fucking yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, exactly. So these, you know, we need to show, and the bands need to show up. And you want to, yeah, you want to make sure you're on tip top. Shape, so and, that and, and with these venues, quite honestly, if you if you have a, a bad show, the likelihood that you may not be invited mm -hmm. back is always mm -hmm. high. Even with us, as 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 in with them as we are, yeah. it's still I just I I don't know. I just no, yeah. when I go on that stage, man, I want it to be great. I want people to have a fucking blast. Right, they're exactly. there to be right. entertained. And, right, yeah, like you, you said know. they're paying the good money for yeah. it. You know it, and yeah. and you love to do it anyways. Yeah, yeah. why why would you? Yeah. What would you purposely tank yourself? And I know the effect it's had on me from from musicians and, and help how it's helped shape my life. Not only in music, but really just everything. I mean, even when I was talking earlier about the, the healing process, I mean, my brother's death was something that has haunted me my entire life. And really, yeah. music has played a tremendous part in me having some therapy with that because I'm not really right. open to talking to people about that. Gotcha. So it's like I can listen to a Temple of the Dog album and I actually strangely feel better afterwards when I'm in that frame of mind because yeah. it's like, 
well, if Cornell can get through this, well, I can right. definitely get through right. this shit. And exactly. you, can, you can feel it in his music that this right. guy went through some some shit. You don't you don't make that up. You can feel people what they've been through in their music, especially somebody like that, like who isn't afraid to bear their soul. Right. And so. and like we we're talking before, that's what made. And then Cornell was um, the singer from Other Love Moment. What was his name? The, uh, the pers- uh, uh, Songer. Um, oh, Andrew Wood. Andrew Wood, yeah. yeah. That, that's when he was uh, Temple of the Dog. Was that's a, what the collaboration, about. Yeah. yeah, about the because singer Andy from was yeah. a genius. And unfortunately, yeah. I heard on the Mother Love album, Mother Love Bone album was amazing, mm-hmm. but it was also like a precursor to what this guy was going to do. Right. His lyrics were so genius. Yeah. Even though, and he wasn't a great singer. He's almost like a Dave Lee Roth. Yes. But with like really wise lyrics, you know, yes. like yeah. the lyrics on those on that Mother Love Bone album are so fucking intense when you really listen deeply to him yeah it's such a brain, great album and i, I really it's a shame I, that he passed away it is he uh, would have been really the forefront of the the grunge scene in the right. 90s i think and and when temple of dog came out i went and bought the mother love bone album just to yeah. hear what there was mountain there me right. too exactly. i didn't i didn't know about right. them until that that's what opened me up and that's what's i mean that, you're right he wasn't a great singer but his songs were good yeah, you could tell like man this is gonna he, he this would have been like a, yeah. a, a building more you, know? you could you see like it. a momentum coming for you it. Could yeah see it. yeah just like i mean just like louder than love to to uh bad motorfinger it's like yes just, they soundgarden went from being just like a grungy doom rock band yes to being a well-structured songwriting band yeah and it's like well, I, don't, I don't know if i've ever even seen a band jump so if mother love bone would have done that yeah holy oh, yeah mackerel, exactly dude. i mean it would because i like the mother love bone album much better than louder than love right so if they would have take that same jump that soundgarden did yeah yeah i can't imagine i can't even imagine exactly that yeah. would they would have and they probably would have yeah so. and and it speaks to the uh the, the singer who died that all those guys liked him a lot because yeah. why would you put an album out for that dude? You know? True. If true. they didn't like him that much, they'd be like, okay, they yeah. knew, right? They, they knew. knew, they knew, and they knew that they, they all they loved that dude for putting out Tem- and Temple of the Dog is one of the best albums, you know. Well, and there used to be a pecking order in music, in all honesty, and yeah. especially for singers because singers are the frontmen, and yeah. there's always been like Roth. Roth. Everyone knew, even if you watch the Motley Crue movie, The Dirt, mm-hmm. they let it known very early on that don't fucking talk shit about Roth. Yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. guy. He's yeah. the dude on the scene. There was a pecking order. There was a pecking order in in uh, Las Vegas back in the day. Yeah, and I didn't follow it. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it pissed off a lot of older yeah. musicians. They were like, "Wait a minute, you can't date her. You gotta. That's yeah. for the singer. That's in oh fucking yeah. the most popular band. You know, you don't get to just walk in here and start picking out the hottest blonde. It doesn't yeah. work like that. And so. you're like, fuck off. And then yeah. you didn't realize, like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, now you look sorry, like, yeah. sorry. I'm yeah. learning. I'm young, man. I'm yeah, yeah. They were nice to me because I was young, so I didn't get right. my ass kicked. But that's why. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. That's funny. You know, you know, people don't know that. You find yeah. Well, so that's how, yeah. And I, my uh, guitarist from when I was an hero because I, I left. Hero, and I'm doing a solo project now. Yeah, but we had talked about this, and he's like, you know, it's really interesting that we are the top selling band in LA, and LA really is. I mean, per capita, and we've I've actually done the research on this. Yeah, more people go to live shows in Los Angeles than any city in the entire world. I don't know if nice. people realize that. So right. your market to draw people and make money on live shows yeah. is better in LA than anywhere in the world, yeah. or even touring technically. Yeah, um, pending people don't get burnt out on you and, you, and you bounce around from place to place. Right, but it's so spread out, and LA County itself and outside of LA is so huge that you could literally play a different show every week at a different venue, and none none of the same people ever see you. Yeah, that's cool. So you have that huge market, but we thought it was interesting that if we were in the '70s, mm-hmm. we would be what Van Halen was. Okay. And but yeah. because rock is so out of the mix and so unimportant, yeah, that people know who Antihero is and they around LA and stuff, and people that have seen our shows, we yeah, have people that have come and have seen us for years, of course, right. But we really don't get the credit, or we're not known 
for what we've accomplished the way we would be had this happened in the 70s, 80s, right. or 90s 20, when yeah. rock was really at the forefront. 20, 30 years and earlier. Every prom- we would, we'd be touring the world right now. That's right. that's how big of a deal it would have been. Right. That if you can be that popular in L.A., yeah. that you're going to be a fucking rock star. Right. I mean, right. The, the top eight bands were all rock stars yeah, back exactly. then. Yeah, exactly. So right. the top one, oh, yeah, you're definitely going to be out touring You'll and be doing out things. And, yeah. and that if that doesn't show you, and that a bunch of guys in their 40s, I'm not attacking our age yeah but the reality is is rock is a young man's game yeah and it should be a bunch of 20 year old bands that are dominating the scene not guys our age yeah so that's that if that doesn't show you how much the music industry's changed and the rock industry specifically right then i don't know what is but i'm very proud of that and that we've worked for that because we really earned it man yeah exactly and with me being in vegas a lot and having to go back and forth to california yeah it's been a tremendous amount of work and having to cover hotels and we had drummer issues all the time and it was right luckily we had bruce mayer who was our bass player who was phenomenal showed up every time played great never complained mm-hmm. he was a, a dream bass player really yeah but we had a lot of drummer problems we couldn't keep a drummer in that band so we were constantly looking for drummers and yeah. it was very stressful man and we were playing big shows yeah. and we're selling tickets and we don't want to refund tickets we're trying to make yeah. money too right and, right exactly yeah and you made so, you guys made it work like you said it wasn't, we did make it work nothing we, was given to you nothing was like hey, nothing was given to us we worked our ass off it. yeah and we did all the little things i'd like not but bothering the headliners yeah and not getting drunk at the shows or acting like an asshole right, right. Or, or when they say hey we don't want people hanging out backstage for the show yeah. and we say hey don't hang out back behind the scene right. just little things just following the rules and being smart and not being dumb right and treating it like a business Be- which is a lot of people don't right exactly i was about to say like you said being professional <laughs> And like you said, it's your business. It's 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 not party time anymore. You're not 18 years old just trying to get laid or trying to fuck get high or whatever the fuck it is. And, and so. you want to be respectful to and the fans respectful. who are paying tickets right. and the people that consistently. Because a lot of well, yeah. we, you know, we played in, in Santa Clarita and uh, Agoura Hills and all these different places. But a lot of these people come to shows are people that bought tickets and yeah. had seen us many times and came up to us every time. They're like, here I am yeah. again. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, you really are. Yeah. And the, you know, these people are consumers, and, and I want to put on yeah. the best performance so right. that they keep on seeing us and we yeah. keep on getting seeing them. There we go because they support. You and then yeah. I love you, and, like, and it's yeah. cool when somebody comes up to you and knows the name of your song, or they yeah. start being like, You know, I really like your song for the lyrics. Cool. Or it's, it's like, Wow, these people they're really listening, yeah. You know, I, they I, really, of are. course, it's it makes not, you feel good, yeah, yeah. especially yeah. even as an artist and stuff. And, too. and not even it makes me feel good, it makes me feel good that it, that it made them feel good, yeah, because right. that's that really is at this stage of the game. That's why I do play music. It really is for the people. Even right. though I, I, I write what I write, and I, I don't yeah. sit there and be like, oh, what? I'm going to write something that people will like. I, yeah, I, yeah. Just, I write what I write. And if they like it, they like it. If they right. don't, they don't have to listen. But it is. Yeah, it's amazing. I, w- I want to give back what I've gotten from musicians. Right, right. You like know. you said, listening to uh, some of the songs and, and the meaning they have for you, and that's what you yeah. wanted to bring forth to other people. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, you did it right with Chris Cornell. Didn't write for other people. He wrote for himself. And, he and, did, but and it, you can hear and you can feel, you know, his emotions in that. And that's what you're trying to put the same thing. So someone else listens to like, man, I can really feel what this guy wants. And definitely, and, yeah. So that was the transition. I think the grunge movement in general changed music for that because you notice there was no post glam, but there right. was post grunge, right? Yeah. And, right. and rock, no matter what, even modern day rock, there's still that semblance of, of grunge and the riffs and there's just there's this heavier darker thing it just kind of brought right. rock back to being what rock was grounded which was, and, yeah, yeah yeah it was getting too fluffy man too bubble it gum, really was too, and, I, and yeah. again some of those guys i mean the singer of firehouse is a really good singer yeah but their band was too fluffy yeah. to really last it was right. fine for an album but it's like ah, right right yeah you know? exactly and, and nelson these bands again good players talented people but commercially it just it wasn't 
long-term. It wasn't Led Zeppelin or something no, you were yeah. going to listen to for album no. after album after year album. Year after year. Yeah, yeah. We're still listening to Zeppelin now, you know? Exactly. And, and, and we're not listening to Trickster. Not Trickster. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of us are. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no offense, Trickster, yeah, if you're no, listening. But you're right. They're you're actually pretty talented dudes, actually. Yeah, yeah of nice course. People. You're going to have to do some talent. Yeah, doing I don't like stuff. to bash anybody. The yeah. music industry is such a bitch, man. Anybody who can fucking make it in this thing, I have some level of respect for them. Yeah, exactly. Because it's tough. And if you can't take rejection well or you have low self-esteem, it's right. probably even worse, I imagine. So, right. <laughs> hey, uh, let's just take a little break, and then we'll come back and right. finish up. Yeah, Sounds we'll good. be right back. Okay, and we're back from break. I'm here with uh, Paul Anthony, old uh, high school buddy I have of mine. Um, and I had mentioned before, you know, we, we hung out. It was funny because we, we all hung out. It was a group. It wasn't just me and you. And these people got to understand. Yeah, it was a, a big huge group. group. A huge group. Huge group of us <laughs> that would hang out and do goofy shit. It's all kids doing just party, stuff. Man. Just party and stuff. And you're right. I never thought about the whole We movie. were the party crowd from yeah. Valley High School. <laughs> That's there right. There is yes. no doubt about it. We threw the, right. the bashes of we, all bashes. Right. We were the rocker party crowd. We were, we were rockers and, and yeah. nothing less, man. That's And it. the interesting thing is we went to high school at a time when everybody was kind of fresh yes. when I was in 10th grade I remember walking into the high school and I was like wow I'm the only dude dressed like fucking Bon Jovi yeah. School. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, leather pants and shit yeah, to exactly. school I you're right nobody I, was there I don't even right? know how I talked my mom into buying me leather pants That's to work right. school but I did somehow <laughs> she thought she went along with the rocks or yeah. thing, so I owe her a lot but um yeah, I mean, we were kind of, it was kind of fresh, right? It was like vanilla yeah. ice and mini trucks. Yeah. And then what, senior year, everybody had long hair and was listening to Nirvana. You're right. It, it nowhere, literally like, changed. Everybody yeah. became like a stoner. You look around like, And oh, we shit. were like the kind of the, the fuck off crowd in 10th yeah. grade. And then by the time we were seniors, we were like running that school. Dude. We, like, we were ahead of the game, buddy. We were. were. It, it was, was funny. Right. The, the preps no longer were the cool guys. The no. rockers were the cool guys. Yeah, exactly. It was, exactly. It was amazing. Exactly. But you're right. Everyone's wrong. Now, I don't know what you've noticed. When I first started high school, I, my first year there, I had done uh, the whole football track thing. Yeah. I was hanging out with the, the rap guys. Those guys are cool. I had yeah. a bunch of guns. Well, that's what it was. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Rock but was it, weird. Rock was Nelson. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Guys yeah. didn't listen to rock music during right. that time frame. It was all the chicks. Exactly. 13-year-old girls. And, but even when those guys and the, a lot of cool guys and friends I had made, it, it, it wasn't me. I could feel it. It was, wasn't me. And then yeah. I started hanging out. With all you guys, and I'd already known of you guys and stuff, and then I really started hanging out, and I'm like, okay, this is I found my yeah. home, you know, in high school and stuff, and that's what it really goes. So, yeah. but that's a, yeah. So, anyways, that's that, that was how I came to my, you know. And we grew up really fast. And people who didn't who didn't grow up in Las Vegas, I will say this for people that went to high school here, this is rough. It was rough. Yeah, I mean, it was right. very scrappy. I was yeah. getting in fights all the time. And yeah, I came right. from Huntington Beach and and these in Colorado and these places that I never got in fights at all. Right. So I came out here and I'm like scrapping every week. I'm like, like oh, what crap. the hell? Yeah. This is really rough growing up out yeah. here. So it, it was a, it was a different thing for me. I was, it was it was a little bit of a culture shock. I hate you know. The most yeah. thing I was getting yelled at was maybe in Huntington. Getting you know, are you local? Get the fuck out of the beach. If yeah, you're yeah, not, yeah. you can't surf here. And it's like I'm <laughs> right, local. Yeah, I'm yeah, local. Yeah. You know, but not in Vegas. It was just kind of how it growing up out here. You kind of had to. Yeah, you had to watch get your respect. And, exactly. and maybe whoop someone's ass. Some right. people would be like, "All right, you're good. Yeah, you're exactly. Cool. We it's, won't fuck with you anymore." It's funny, but yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah it was like that. that. It was tough. A little hardcore there, which is weird, but yeah, yeah, we made it through. Yeah, we made it through. So, anyways, and I guess after high school. As a lot of us, you know, we, we kind of lost contact and stuff because, uh, you know, we grew up and I went and did my thing, you know, you moved away or whatever and everything. Yeah. And, and it was funny how we, uh, like, unless again, how we reconnected by the, a waitress we both know. That's right. And that That's woman, right. her name she is Susie. She just happens to be my girlfriend. Your girlfriend. Almost 12 years now. Exactly. So I had, um, I had been working with Susie at the place I've been at for years. It's been like 20 years I've been working with this woman I know of and, 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 uh, and I had, it, it, 
certain points of, of, of working there and working different shifts. She was my work wife, which is, you know, yeah. someone you work with the whole time and mm-hmm. stuff. And I remember just one time, um, you know, obviously years ago, she mentioned like, do you know, uh, Paul used to go to, uh, you know, uh, Valley High School. I was like, maybe. And then she described it. I'm like, oh shit, you gotta be fucking kidding me. She goes, yeah, I just met this guy last time or whatever yeah. just recently and stuff. I hooked up and that was just such a weird, small that world kind weird. of moment. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. really? I'm like, that's fucking weird. Yeah. And she just must have known because uh, about Valley High School, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Some connection that you guys had and then she put two and two together, yeah. but that's, uh, that's funny. And then, uh, obviously you said you guys, uh, the way you guys met was, uh, it's, it's super bizarre. It was, yeah. like, it, it was like a span of like 20 some or 15 years before we met. So back in 96 or 97, Sunset opened. Okay. And Susie started as a hostess or something like that. And they snagged her out. They were like, oh, we're putting you on the floor. You right, know? right. I mean, Beautiful blonde, woman, obviously. Eyes, exactly. Yeah. Blonde, yep. Um, so she became a cocktail waitress and kind of the cool place to hang out when it first opened because yeah. they used to have bands play. Yeah, yeah. In that little center bar area, right? And yeah. back then, that center bar was like, spe- yeah, they didn't exactly. have all that glass work and stuff. That was like mm-hmm. a new thing to casinos. So, right. And, you know, the cocktail waitresses, every time they open those places, you, have, you know, the first year, it's like the best looking cocktail yeah. waitresses. Then they get fuck off and go somewhere else usually. <laughs> yeah. But so they picked some of the girls, I guess, to do like these cardboard cutouts. Okay. And Susan was one of them. Oh, really? And she was the blonde girl. There was a brunette and a blonde and all that. So we would go in there, and I would always joke around and be like, that's my perfect girl right there. And, yeah. and like literally like walk by and like kiss my hand, like touch the thing. And On be like, hi, yeah, babe, yeah. like jokingly. <laughs> yeah. And both Nick, ha- Casey Halkin and Nick Mazzola both remember this. Yeah. So Susan and I, after we started dating, she started telling me one day about and I even walked around the casino looking for her that night. Yeah. It was really bizarre. And and Casey was like, oh, that's just a model. That's She doesn't work. Right, right, I'm like, well, right. I'm going to find out because yeah. I want to know who this girl is. And so it turns out that that was Susan. Oh, that's fine. And how bizarre yeah. is that? That, that it was like a joke weird. that every time I walked in there, I was like, oh, there's my lady. And like, <laughs> and I, I think so I'd probably walked around looking for her. But I never found her. Yeah. yeah. So years pass. And around like 2009, I had a friend and his wife who were like, we have the perfect girl there. I'd just gotten divorced and I was single. Mm-hmm. And they were like, um, trying to set me up with this blonde. Yeah. And they said, Susan or Susan or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down. They're like, and Eric was like, oh, trust me, she's tall, your type, tall, blonde, beautiful, blue eyes. You guys will be a perfect match. Yeah. And she's a little bit older than you. You know, great chick. And they were adamant about setting us up. Never happened. So more time passes, and I'm out at a bar one night, and one of my buddies is singing, and I see this. My buddy says, "There's this blonde over there that, dude, you were going to go like nuts over." <laughs> so I position myself very carefully over yeah. by her and start talking to her very smoothly, mm-hmm. and. Got a little attention, but she made it clear that she was there to see the singer, and they were kind of dating. So I backed off. He was one of my buddies, so I was like, yeah. "Okay." I'm thinking, "How the fuck does this guy keep on getting yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> But um, <laughs> I couldn't quit thinking about her. As strange as that sounds, yeah. She told me her name, so I started asking around. I, I tried to find her on Facebook, couldn't find her. The day I was I was working at Harley Davidson at the time, mm-hmm. and this was like six months later. And I'm telling my my buddy Sean, I'm like, you know, I've really I got to meet this chick. It's so bizarre. I cannot quit thinking about her. Yeah. And I'm, that guy's not dating her anymore because he's dating someone else. So she's she's available. Right. And you're not going to believe who walked in that store about two hours later. I swear to God. Oh really? Her twin sister, who's a big uh, Harley enthusiast. Yes, Sandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sandy. Yeah. And. I see her and I'm like, you got to be kidding! I me. swear to God, you be fucking and, kidding and me! And my buddy Sean's like, come on now, there's no way that's her. I'm like, dude, I swear to God, <laughs> that's fucking her. So I sneak over there and I and just to make sure, and I yeah. come back, I'm like, son of a bitch, it's that's her. That's funny. So I'm like freaking out. So finally, I just wind up. So I, you know, I introduced myself. I said, I think we have friends trying to set us up, and she's like, 
is your name Paul? I'm yeah, like, it's funny. It yeah, is. She's like, <laughs> holy shit. So after all this time, we finally got together and we've been together. Wow, that years, is so fucking weird as shit. The gods truly were like, you two are going to be together. We're yes. not going to hear anything right. about it. And don't break <laughs> right, up either. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. You know, and here we are. Wow, dude, that is yeah. so weird. Yeah. Uh, off of off, uh, the photo, the cover cutout, you saw her. And, and right all away, those years you just, later, like, you connected. Right? And, I, and it's, it's so bizarre that I remember that because yeah. I wouldn't, I'm normally not like that, obviously. I'm pretty low key about things. Obviously, I'm not going to kiss my hand and touch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I would yeah, never do that. Psycho but weirdo, I, yeah. I just, I thought she, just the, the girl was so beautiful that right. I was. It was literally my dream girl on that. And it's just kind of funny after all these years. That we're together, <laughs> you so, finally got together. Yeah. It worked out good. Cool. We are, no, we, we are soulmates, and, and yeah. she is my dream girl, and she's an amazing woman. There you go. Amen, really, she's man. really grounded me, and I, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I, I certainly wouldn't be where I'm at financially, or yeah, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at without yeah. her. Doing, without to be honest with so. you, really oh, cool. Not musically or spiritually, or yeah, or my kids wouldn't be as, as good as they are. And I mean, she's really, you know, well, she's a she's a great woman. Yeah. She's very. I'm lucky. You you are very lucky, man. And, and it's she's such a nice lady at work and and working in the business that she does. It's a rough. It can be really rough. And she's always it kept, is. she's it, always kept herself really it nice is. and sweet. Yeah, and that's and a that's a tough industry. It's it like it's like being a, a rock singer. I yeah. mean, you're going to get a lot of attention from the opposite sex. And yes, there's, there's a lot of temptation there. And yes. at one point, I was bartending, and I was like, "Wow, yeah, if you're even getting half as much attention yeah. like I am as a bartender, <laughs> dear me, God, buddy, lady, she like, does. Yeah, and she oh, I'm sure she does. Best, yeah, but, you know, and she's so sweet though the way she does. So yeah, she's and, a good girl. And so funny because you know, working with her as sweet as she is, I'd always like to tease her just because I'd always come up and people always talk about how great she is and great she is. So I, I and insult her you know yeah well it's way. good you right. gotta, yeah. someone's got to bust her balls that's why i said they go i'm the one here to deflate her head that's so right thank you thank you yeah, for doing yeah. that so i always took that as she's my so job beautiful for her. that yes. she could probably right, become right. very egotistical and become exactly very i was there to knock so. her down a few steps before good. she gets too how much in a high horse no, i'm sure she'll love she's an indiana girl those are the best so what you got currently going on here paul so you said you went solo right yeah so i did my last show with antihero in september of 2021 it was definitely an amicable split um i'm still very good friends with everybody it was not yeah. a bad thing we talked oh, about it it really it, it's more of an expansion really the okay. guitarist and i it was kind of a, as far as the songwriting it was kind of like a steely dan type situation where him and i kind of wrote the songs okay we did have the same bass player uh, the whole time um bruce mayer and the guitarist is uh vinay kumar mm-hmm. um and Vin- and vinay and i are still he's still part of my songwriting team for my solo career okay and so we just kind of looked at this as an expansion he's going to go do his own band uh tragic bloody fools who are playing all over orange county and la right now and yeah. they're an excellent band they're really an extension of anti-hero they're a little heavier and the vocals are are, are, are different obviously mm. but um they're they're equally as good as anti-hero and really just they're, they're really killing it man it's really nice. great to see that he's oh, continuing cool. on and yeah he's a spectacular songwriter i i learned a tremendous amount of music uh from being with him he, he knows everything you could know about therian yeah. you know i'm kind of more of an experience uh learn on the job kind of guy so yeah theory isn't my thing gear really isn't my thing right um i i, I just performing writing doing the song so having a songwriter of that magnitude is is spectacular and okay. having someone hand me completely finished songs throughout the time in anti-hero that i yeah. didn't have to adjust anything wow it's something i've never done i mean yeah he's not only a great songwriter but he also writes for the singer which is rare that's cool um yeah Makes it so, a lot easier for you. Yeah. yeah. So he's definitely staying on as part of my, my writing team. And, and yeah. You know, um, and then I'm going to be retaining uh, Bruce 
as my primary bass player for shows, for solo shows. Okay. Um, I'm going to be playing shows under Paul Anthony, just my name. I'm not going to, it's not going to be a band. Okay. And then um, I've been talking to uh, my buddy Dave Naka, who lives here in Vegas, about being the guitar player. Okay. And with guitarists, I really, Bruce and I have been playing together for years. He actually played with me in Tomorrow's Hand, and he's the bass player. Yeah. So I, we've gotten established now working together, but I, whoever I bring on guitar is going to be a new guitar player. Okay. So I at least want it to be someone I'm familiar with and just that I'm supportive of and a fan of and, and, and trust. I mean, right. and Dave's the guy. So he's going to be my primary um, guitar player for shows in California. And I, I may play a show in Vegas. It, it depends okay. on what comes up. I may even just throw a big party at the house and invite a shitload of people and just do something here or something. But, right. um, I, I want to have a couple of out gigs with this lineup and then, you know, go for some of the bigger gigs. Okay. Um, before Antihero broke up, um, we had been offered a show with, um, sorry, Asia right. and oh, wow. singer of foreign Lou Graham. Okay. And we weren't able to take it because Vinay had started his other band and, I just felt like at this point, a lot of the, the guys that we were playing with and just kind of where we were going, the band really didn't want to go on to these bigger shows. And I do. Yeah. And I okay. want to play the biggest shows possible. We pass up huh. shows like Ozzy Brothers and Sticks and some of these bigger yeah. shows that I really didn't want to pass up. And I, I, I wouldn't say we had band fights about it, but I wasn't pleased that some of these shows got right. passed up on. I really wanted to play all of them. Okay. Um, even stuff like Chris Christopherson and Air Supply, Don't Laugh. Right, right. Um, no. because <laughs> hey, man, those I, are big bands. I, yeah, I, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Air Supply is an arena band. Yeah. These bands pull thousands of people. Exactly. And we did everything from love songs to metal. Right. So it's very easy for us to switch our set to just doing a bunch of love songs. I mean, how? Yeah, yeah. And if we play the heavier band, then we just do a lot of metal. Right. I mean, it's just, that was the great thing about Antihero. We could do anything. Right. And we weren't taking some of these gigs because people were like, oh, and then, then we didn't take Isley Brothers. And I'm like, you guys are fucking killing me now. Right, dude. right. Isley Brothers, Ron Isley's one of my favorite singers of all time. Yeah. I think I actually cried because we didn't take that gig. Yeah, that's nice. And I wasn't worried about it. Yeah. I really wasn't. And they were like, ah, oh, it's not really a rock crowd. I'm like, who gives a shit? Yeah, then we'll just matter. play some old stuff. We'll play some yeah. old weathers. We'll There's always a way. Tailored. Either way. Yeah. It didn't happen. And as a solo artist, I don't want that to happen again. Right. If I have opportunities, I've been playing my whole life to try to get to that level. Yeah. And now that I'm here, I'm not afraid to be at that level. I want to continue on. And yeah. And I just, I, I'm not sure if, if everybody that I was playing with was on board. Yeah. So now as a solo artist, I get to bring in the guys. Yeah. And it's I all you know. Yeah, it's please. all me. So, um, in moving forward, um, I'm going to be continuing to play shows at Canyon Club. Okay. And as far as recording goes, I have a new song coming out. I'm looking. I think it's going to come out on April 2nd. Okay. That's gotcha. the video date. I, nice. I didn't want to put the song out without the video. Right. Um, I've done that before, and then it's like no one listens, watches the video, or vice versa. Gotcha. Put the gotcha. video, and then no listens to the song. Right. So I just try to wait, do it all at once. People gotcha. like something visual. Uh, um, videos are very expensive. I do want a professional video. Right. Um, so I do have to kind of coordinate that i do have the guy picked out that i'm gonna have do it though and it's, it's gonna be sensational nice all right um it's called eyes of a crow okay and it's you've heard it yes uh, you just sent a little sample yeah. and it was uh really fucking good man i, cool. I liked it a lot so that's all and it's 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 a rock song yes but there's also some blues in there yep there's some soul in there yeah and there's even a little bit of country and like the the guitar progression and such yeah so, it was a nice uh nice yeah. mix man it's, it's a different thing than what i'm doing it's, it's a little bit of a risk because it is kind of a power ballad yeah and i think most people are like oh this guy's a rocker he's gonna put out some like rock song and it's like it's gonna be a little bit of a surprise in that sense yeah no it's but good. i'm gonna be following it up with a cover of a kiss song called i stole your love mm -hmm. and i'm doing that with jeff thal 
Nice. Who is uh, Ron Bumblefoot Thal's brother yeah, from okay. Guns N' Roses? Yeah, that's awesome. And he plays drums. He played drums on most of the anti hero oh. songs. In fact, all of them, other than a couple that Les Warner, who is from the Cult, mm-hmm. played on. And Les actually played on my new song, Eyes of a Crow. Nice. Phenomenal drummer, one of my favorite drummers of all time, actually. Yeah. And kind of a funny story about how I met Les that I want to talk about yeah. is um, I had a friend, Kim Donahue, who had put us in contact with each other. I already knew who Les was. Right. Because back in, like, I think it was 1987. I could be wrong in the, the year. I think it was 87. Me and my good buddy Chris Felch went to the mall to buy CDs, and he bought the Colt Electric. Oh, yeah. He oh, loved them. Great album. Totally got me into them. Yeah. Um, and he loved the drummer. He's a drummer. Oh, and yeah. Neil Pert was, like, one of his favorite drummers. Mm-hmm. But he was always like, yeah, Warner's a close second. So one of the things about the Colt is, in my opinion... I think the cult started alternative rock. Not alternative music, alternative right, right. rock. Okay. Because nobody crossed over to that point. This is before Jane's Addiction came right, out, right. before Soundgarden, mm-hmm. before uh, Alice in Chains and all these other bands. They were doing what those bands were doing two to three years before all of them and a year mm-hmm. before Jane's Addiction. Yeah. And their look was not glam or oh, no. what was yeah. going on. They looked fucking cool. Yeah. And they still look cool. Yeah. That album cover... Looks cool. Yeah. It and it was, was just like that album was spectacular. So I was an instant cult fan. I've seen them tons of times. Mm-hmm. And Sonic Temple's a great album and I like it. Mm. I don't like it as much as Electric. And Electric I, is a better one. I think me. Electric has the best drums of any cult mm-hmm. album by far, groove wise. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Matt Storm's drums, anyways, but I feel like the drums on Sonic Temple are not as interesting and they're not as well mixed and yeah. drum it Sorum's more of a, a no frills guy. Yeah. And Warner's just the groove meister, man. I, yeah. I don't know what else to say. This guy's groove and playing is unlike anything that I can compare it to other right. than maybe John Bonham. Yeah. That's I mean all. he that's really good. has that groove and yeah. you just don't find that in drummers. It's it's a very strange, yeah. rare thing these days. It's it's a lost talent. Yeah, you're right. For drummers. Yeah. yeah. Most guys are, are focused on, on Neil Peart or Portnoy, which is certainly nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But, you know, the upper echelon guys are usually more in that realm of playing than they are Bonham. Gotcha. So, anyways, um, yeah, that's pretty cool that, yeah, that, that, cool. that Les plays on the stuff. And the, yeah. that, you know, that's amazing, he's, he's from one of my favorite bands, and he's really one of my favorite drummers. So I'm really yes. honored that he played on this. No and he doubt. played on a couple of Antihero songs. and. Yeah, it's really cool. That's cool. And then when it comes to Jeff, who's the other drummer, mm-hmm. um, like I said earlier, he's Bumblefoot's brother. Yeah. So he's toured. He's playing all of the anti-hero. Some huge drummers you're playing with, man. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's the one wonderful thing about anti-hero and my solo pro. Yeah. No one can say shit about the drums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the drums are fucking amazing. Yeah, they're solid. If exactly. you don't like yeah, us, yeah. that's fine. The drums, the drums are, amazing. are amazing. You cannot say that about the drums. Right. Because we are extremely fortunate to have had yeah, these no guys. Doubt. And I'm like super fortunate to have them yeah. willing to help me out with my solo thing. And, and I... I really appreciate and love both of them for doing it, to be honest with you. Gotcha. But, um, so I went out to Tampa last year, and Jeff and I recorded I Stole Your Love. Mm. And we did it with just my drums and vocals and, like, the old Kiss track. We yeah. didn't even have uh, guitar or bass done. Oh, nice. And it came out excellent. And really? I was even surprised that's how cool. good it was. Because yeah. that's actually kind of a tricky Kiss song. Yeah. It's one of Paul's tougher. And I really wanted to do one of Paul's songs. Yeah. And we actually did Baby Driver too, which is one of Peter's songs, and it came out kind of raspy. It was cool. Yeah. And um, but I just felt like I Slow Your Love was the better song, so we've kind of focused on that. Okay. He's I I don't want to say for sure is on this, but he's working on trying to get Mike Orlando on guitar, who played with Adrenaline Mob, and 
I don't know why. I think he played in Dream Theater as like a touring, okay. a touring guitarist. I don't think okay. he was on the albums, but I think he like toured. The toured or, with him. Okay. But either way, he's played with a lot of people. A lot of people wow. know who he is. That's, yeah. Um, I, I knew who he was. And then the, there's another guy. I'm, I'm super sorry. I didn't have time to look up I'm his sorry, name. Man. But the bass player who played with Joe Satriani okay. is probably wow. going to be the bass player guy. So we got some, you know, those guys are some all big three names. Like, yeah. yeah, all three of them are like rock stars. Yeah. So I guess I get to kind of be a rock star with there you them. Go. You are a rock star, buddy. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I get paid for playing original music. Yeah. So I mean, that's I, awesome. You know, I kind of, I'm a non touring rock star. There's very few people who can but, say that too. So true, true. Um, that, that, that's actually very true actually yeah. sadly that, that's sadly sad. exactly but I, I think that the belief that the only way to make music is an origin is playing in a tribute band mm-hmm. is wrong right and i've been saying it for years and unfortunately i've proven without any doubt by our shows in la that you don't have to play other people's music you can do it as original music the yeah. trick is you got to have good original music yeah and you have to have music that can people can relate to yeah and the problem with having a metal band or a band that only plays ballads or a band that only plays something is you're limiting yourself to what you're going to be able to accomplish okay and that was part of my conflict with antihero was i wanted to be that band that played with everybody Okay. It didn't yeah, matter. Yeah. You can right. put me with I, whoever. I'll play the fucking Madonna. It. Right, right. And, and I'll we'll make it. it work. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, I'll even write, have a song right. that she can come sing with us. Right. Why but, limit yourself? Yeah, yeah. Why limit yourself? Yeah. And that that was kind of the the approach back in the day in rock. It's like, man, when you got to that level, you didn't want to not be at that level. I mean, yeah. when you watch the old music awards in '84 and Eddie Van Halen comes out and he's playing yeah, with yeah. Michael Jackson, right. everybody, yeah, what's the cool. fuck? Yeah. And it's like that that mentality doesn't work for me. Yeah. To the point that as a so I probably will never be in a band ever again yeah. solely because of that reason. Because I play music to get to the highest level to play in front of as many people as I can. Right. To make as much money doing this as I can. Because I do expect to be paid at this point. Right. And I'm a little bit of a prima donna about like sets and songs and yeah. how long I want to play. I won't perform for more than an hour and a half. I won't damage my voice. Right. I, I haven't ever had to have any surgery because of that. Well, yeah. Being an upper range singer that also sings very raspy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of damage that be, could be done to my voice. Even if I was touring, I would demand a day in between each one of my performances because okay. I would never want to do back-to-back nights singing. Yeah, I did it, and I, I literally almost fucked my voice up back yeah. in the 2000s by yeah. doing that. Yeah, by playing three or four nights a week and yeah. partying and smoking cigarettes and yeah. weed and even doing cocaine and yeah. and the groupies and everything else. Yeah. But you know, it, it's just it's a rough life, and, I, and you have to take care of your voice. And, yeah. So but it's good that you that you you know you're experienced and you grew up enough that you realize that like hey yeah. like I don't want to destroy my voice you know yeah. I don't want to miss now it that's not to say I wouldn't like to play longer than forty five minutes because really as, no. as, as an opening act even as primary support which we are most of the time you still only get forty five minutes and sometimes yeah. I'm like well fuck I'm just warmed up like God yeah damn yeah it. right like exactly. let me go another forty five man like right right yeah you, you know but <laughs> no so you were talking um, earlier about the, the Vegas uh, going down and as rock uh, it, it's you're in LA now, you know, and yeah. doing your stuff, and and Vegas, you're just kind of lost its appeal now. Do do you find other there's than just LA? No, there's no way to make money as, as an right. original artist out here, and dealing and dealing with the the managers and booking agents out here yeah. is just 
different than it's, it's, it's just different yeah, yeah i just i can't i can't even get into it. I, I don't want to say anything bad yeah i, I no, really no, don't right, i don't exactly. want to burn any bridges well, or anything no yeah it's no. just the, the level of professionalism right and dealing with people in vegas as opposed to la is just right. not the same i'm it, sorry and i'm not trying to be yeah. critical but la it's yeah. about what it you is can what actually is. do yeah they don't give a shit you can talk you can talk your way into gigs in, in yeah. vegas you can't talk your way into gigs in la man gotcha they want numbers they want proof you're right, right. every gig we've gotten and the reason they've been bigger is because we've proven that we can sell the tickets gotcha. if you can't do that you're not going to play shows out there that's yeah. out here it's who you know it's right it, you know out no, there it's, it's you got to prove you're yourself you're good to have excellent talent stuff. stuff do you see um i mean you'd see vegas ever bouncing back eventually or who knows i mean it's it, vegas is getting big it, it just could it's sad for someone like me who was looking for original live music to go to yeah that there's not very much no. venues you know and it, it sucks it is they, we need young people in there we need to get these old 80s Guys that come from Hollywood, that because that's the booking agents out here. It's a lot gotcha. of old. I'm you need fresh blood. With you. Yeah, it's a lot of dudes from like the '80s that want that are all tribute banded out, and they don't want to put any effort into like bringing a good original accent. Right. The, the thing is, uh, when I was an antihero, and I tried to explain this to some of the the booking agents in Las Vegas, I can bring in as many people as a lot of these tribute bands can. Right, I've right. proven it. Yeah, that's the reason why I get these gigs. Yeah, and I still couldn't get these guys on board. I mm. can prove that I can pull these. Right. What can these bands prove? They can't prove anything. Right. They're buddies with these promoters, and they're getting in. That's just how. That's how that's Vegas knows. Yeah. Unfortunately, mm. there's a buddy system in Vegas. Yeah. And if you're not part of that clique, yeah. you're probably not going to play shows. It's not about talent. It's not about your actual ability to to sell tickets and market your act. Right. It's about who you know. And until that changes. The Vegas scene will never come back. Yeah, and that's because you've got—they've got to get rid of that mentality. Yeah, I keep praying, and I've even talked to our booking agent at the Candy Club. Like, I, I wish they would open a venue out here, yeah, so they could show these people how it's done. Right. Yeah, and it's just you know, as a as and Live Nation's taken over too, and that's right. a whole other set of oh, issues. Yeah. Now you've got corporate douchebags running. Oh, things, boy. So. Yeah, they start getting that, in there. So. oh, that's too, it's too bad for uh, like I, I caught mine in that to people who who like the live music and stuff, and that it, it is sad. They don't there, have the, anything to go there to. There could be, there yeah, could be. and it could be. And it, this town has so much potential. I mean, look yeah. at and there's venues grown. too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's too bad. And so, uh, Paul, so what, yeah, what else? Back you to the on? solo yes, stuff. Sir. Um, so I've got an excellent engineer that I picked who actually worked with us on the first Antihero album. He mm-hmm. was, um, his name is Ryan Wechta. He yeah. was, uh, he worked at a Sky View, I think, City View. Yeah. At, uh, with a guy, Bobby Ferrari. And it was actually co-owned by Bob Kulik, who was Bruce Kulik from Kiss's brother. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Bob passed away, of course. Oh. Um, and... Bob Ferrari has his own studio, but Ryan has been recording on his own. I think mostly metal acts, but him and I had a really good um, working relationship for that first album. So when I decided to do my solo recording, I was like, I really need somebody that's younger, mm-hmm. that is fresh on what's going on right now. I don't want anyone who's like recording from the '80s or '90s or anything. It's yeah. now. I want someone who thinks like where rocks out now and a right. modern approach to it. And he was just the guy. And we, I remember when I worked back with him, he did such a good job at helping me get yeah. through that first album and his, his suggestions and you know even light production. Right. So he was just the clear person to work with. Nice. He so it. And I am beyond thankful that I made that choice because really, so far, the two songs that I, solo songs I finished yeah. are excellent. Nice. And I'm yeah. so blown away by how much I like my own song. There and you go. I love Antihero, and I listen to those songs to death. Yeah. 
But these songs, I cannot stop listening to and just be cool. like, holy That's shit. Good. Yeah. I did it. Yeah, there you go. Exactly, <laughs> I fucking man. did it. Well, that you Isaac Crow was really good, man. Thank I, you. I enjoyed it. No, it was solid. Yeah. So I, I, I totally know what you're talking about, man. This thing is yeah, really good. Yeah, that was actually a really hard song to write. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't, I don't want to say what it's about because for, for songs, that I, I like to let people decide what it means to them. Okay. So you get too crazy about that. Yeah. But that song's about standing on your own. Okay. And, having good intuition and being able to see where things are going to go so that you can accept them and let people be who they are. Right. As painful as that can be. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a hard song to write, but it was, it was good. Yeah. I love it. Where do you see, um, rock in general, just uh, going now? I mean, it, it, it's, it's it, music is so much different from when we grew up, you know, it was so clear cut about what you yeah. need to do, where we grow, how yeah. it grows. Now it's with, you know, the radio not really being a big deal anymore. That's where you're catching new music. Oh, God, the radio's joyful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and they did it to themselves. The radio stations oh, did it to themselves when they, man, somebody new bad. came on. But how do you view rock music in general, you know, coming through now nowadays? I think that people need to like music that they like because they like it. Hmm? And quit letting corporations and articles on Kanye West and all these people being shoved down our throats all the time and this, right. these styles of music that people are supposed to be into and all these rappers I don't know who the fuck any of these people are right and and I just I, I when we were younger we understood rock guys knew that like classical was like the top music right yeah. those were the greatest musicians but right. we didn't ever never compared ourselves right. to them and then right under that was probably like all the soul mm-hmm. and like tower power and yeah. like james brown right like those guys were the best they right. were they were better than us rockers i'm right. sorry they were no they weren't they and were. then under that was the rockers right. right and then like country and then like rap was kind of a joke right. i'm just being honest it was Beastie when it Boys, first came out yeah when it first came out got it was back yeah, yeah. LL cool j it was like a posturing yes but it was like yeah everybody was still like yeah we're, we're gonna stick with the soul most guys were like yeah i'm gonna stick with the soul this is like for yeah. little kids and shit i'm yeah, not really yeah. into it somehow it became serious and it became better i, I think the 90s rap was probably the best kind of like it grew i, I can see yeah. what those guys were trying to right, accomplish right. they I'm not sure where it's at now. I think rap's actually even in a worse place than rock is now. I think okay. for me, rap was like, it was good in the 90s. I get what they were trying to get. Yeah. After that, they kind of lost me. I mean, you had Outkast and some of those bands that were pretty good in the 2000s. Yeah. But really, in general, most of the rap kind of just went in this just kind of lousy direction. Just like yeah. rock. Yeah. Just like rock. They kind of just both kind of never evolved past what they were in the 90s. And rock, too. I mean, right. we had this post-grunge era, and we had Shine Down, all these bands that were yeah. like, oh, my God, there's so much hope, and the great singer. And and it's just like these bands had an album or two and just kind of, eh. Just faded away almost. And, you know, for the last 10, 15 years, rock music has just been in this strange limbo. Yeah. Of, you know, there's certainly good bands that I like. Right. I like stranger bands, bands that a lot of people aren't as into, Big Elf and... Yeah. Um, Porcupine Tree, and there, there's certainly good music out there, but you really right. have to search for it. Right. And I searched for it and found it on YouTube, and it's music that I like. And it's not because anyone told me I like right. it, it's because I choose to like it. Yes. Or my new favorite band, Mastodon. Mm-hmm. If you ah, haven't heard Mastodon, that, yeah. oh yeah. my God. <laughs> that new album, I can't quit listening to it. Yeah. I actually went out and bought the CD. I never, I haven't bought a CD in like 
15 years. Isn't it funny? Yeah. And it's a double go. album. And I hate double albums, but it's <laughs> but amazing. <laughs> Every song is amazing. Oh, that's cool. Buy yeah. that album. There it's great. Go. Hushed yeah. and Grim. It's amazing. I love it. Nice. But um, there, there is good music out there. Yeah. You just have to really listen to it. I think you're right. You have to really it. search for it now. Yeah. Which... Antihero was great. Not all of our songs. I mean, yeah. I actually, and this is really, I'm, I'm my own worst critic. We were a greatest hits band. And okay. that would probably piss off the guys I was even in a band with. Yeah. But that's truly how I feel. I think that each one of our albums had two, maybe three really good al- songs. Yeah. And I think that there was a lot of songs on there that probably should have never made the album. Right. And when you're in a band, you just have to compromise because right. everybody thinks different songs are better. And myself, sometimes I've liked songs and I was like, oh, people are really going to like this. And then it comes out and everyone's like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. And then you put out stuff and I'm like, yeah, I guess we can throw this one out. I don't know. And people are like, holy shit, that's the best song yeah, you've ever done. Yeah, weird. <laughs> it's just like shows. Sometimes right. you play these shows and you're like, holy crap, I had a fucking terrible yeah. night. I was uh, I was pitchy the whole night. And yeah. People are like, my God, you're such a great vocalist. And I'm like, <laughs> and then there's nights that I come off there and I'm just like, yeah, I'm the shit. I'm the shit, man. <laughs> who, who wants my autograph? And people are like, rough night. I'm yeah. like, like no, rough no. night. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, so oh, you just, that is funny. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's strange. Music's very strange like that and throwaway songs you know i mean they end up being some of the biggest hits for bands and and, and yeah. some of these cases even over time i've listened back and some of the songs that i thought were throwaway songs i love now yeah but we were still a greatest hits band and yeah. i and i don't want to be a greatest hits artist i want it yeah. my solo stuff i want every single song to be like i have no doubt about this right right, right. and when exactly. you're in a band that's just how it's going to work i don't yeah. think there's any band even led zeppelin that there's not some songs there's a couple albums actually that are perfect all the way through for zeppelin yeah but it's not often that a band has every single song great all the way through right it's very it's rare very rare it's very rare van yeah. halen was kind of like that for me yeah. i liked all the songs although diver down there's a lot i don't like on that mm-hmm. but um it's just hard to do yeah but I, so i've kind of gotten away from doing full albums and i'm just more of a singles guy now okay. i'm just doing songs I think, yeah, that I makes think sense. That's Nowadays, I think that's kind of what it is. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what it's gone to. People don't right. want to sit down and listen to an entire album anymore. And we went from seven songs on the first Antihero yeah. to six songs on the second album to four songs. And it's just like, <laughs> we were just like, they were, they literally yeah. become EPs. Right. Because just the, the attention span of the average listener, and just in my opinion, by the time we whittled things down, I was mm-hmm. so picky about the songs that even on like our third album where there was four songs, I think two of the songs on that are great. And I think two of them are just like, I could would have been fine with just not even putting them out. Right. Just you know, yeah. And not even because of the music, really because of the vocals. I mean, with the Antihero, the music's always good. Yeah. It's just sometimes my vocals aren't. And I have no problem admitting that, that sometimes I just don't come up with something right. that's equally as good to the music. And, mm, and okay. I don't want to put it out if that's the case, right? right? I yeah. Mean, I mean, I only want to put out the best stuff. And you usually you're always your own worst critic and stuff. I yeah. And I'm just so. realistic too, because I do, I do do a lot of upper register singing. Yeah. And I know that that can be real shrill and maybe even obnoxious. And if there's songs that like you know we fuck with the keys it's rare mm-hmm. that we just go in and like here's the this song and usually i'm like eh, can we try this in like the key of c or yeah something that's a little more in my range because yeah. we i want it to sound best on each song and, right but you also want to mix that too you don't want to have every single song in the same key and stuff like that yeah too, so so you're gonna okay but, yeah <laughs> so oh interesting yeah but it's a uh, it's like you said, it's um, the way the rock is now. It's funny. Like you said it's just singles, basically. I think it's, that that's people's best bet. And really, the other yeah. thing is, and one of the th- one of the marketing strategies for me being a solo artist is, both Vinay and I noticed when we were doing Antihero that it seems to be going in a solo artist songwriter type direction for music too. I'm seeing a lot of um, that guitar player who played with Alice Cooper, Nina. Um, 
Oh, blonde chick. Yeah, yeah. Guitar okay. player. She just did a solo album, and she's had, it's like it's under her name, and she has like all these different guys. She has like one of the like number one hit songs right now. Yeah, and it's like the singer from um, Disturbed or something like that. Right. But they're just going by the names, and it's like I'm seeing that more and more. Like Sammy Hagar just did some project, and it was yeah. him. He's Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, and you know it's names. It's like. With the internet and social media age, I think that people want to feel like they have a connection with that artist. Yeah, yeah. And when they meet us after the show, it's like it's going to be easier as Paul Anthony for people to come up. And and, and it's not it's not an ego move. It's not because I want no. to be the center of attention around the singer and and but the singers do get to promote themselves, whereas other musicians, it's tricky. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Because you know, as a drummer, you're not going to go out there and be like, I'm so and so, and everyone's going to be like, oh. Uh, what were you playing with? Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's yeah. nothing personal. That's no, just the way that's the industry the way works. Yeah. I didn't choose this. If other people want that, then they should sing. Right. You know, but right. as a singer, you do get the option to kind of be a solo artist right. and do your own thing and yeah. to have the same amount of credibility that maybe you did in the band and in some cases even more. Yeah. I mean... I, I akin it to a, a, a singer in a front band, almost being like the quarterback of a football team. You get all the notoriety, you get all the love and all you the know. hate at the same time. True. So you get both of it, but that's just the front man. You're the, it that's is. why it's called the front man. You're the ringleader. Yeah, the ringleader, everything. And then good, whether <laughs> it good or bad. Right, whether True. good or and bad. And you are the quarterback. That is, a, that is an excellent comparison. That's, that's the way I always looked at it. Yeah. That's, that's spot on. And that's, that's actually been one of my problems in a lot of the bands I've been in. I have to remind people. I'm the quarterback. Yeah, I'm yeah, right. yeah. Sorry, not guys. only am I the quarterback, but yeah. I'm like Dan Marino. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you get to the end zone, I'll get that's, you the fucking ball. That's right. Um, especially for live shows. I am a stickler for live shows, although I, I obviously I, I probably make at least one or two yeah. or more mistakes every single show. But um, at least I don't Dave Grohl it and like sing different lyrics to different yeah, songs. Yeah. And stuff like, Ooh, he, he makes he, it work though, right? Dude, he's yeah. the, he's the yeah. worst at remembering lyrics. Yeah, now. that's funny. But, hey, no, yeah, I'm, that's I'm very awesome. comfortable once I get up there. In fact, I, I'm cool. so comfortable that I actually forget what I'm doing because it's just so natural. Oh, cool. You it know? just comes like second nature, yeah, basically. It really yeah. does, man. Oh, cool. It's really cool. It's a really cool feeling. And I imagine that's the way it should be. You know, really you yeah, because, I mean, I'm going to, even even after all, I've, I've literally played hundreds and hundreds of shows. 800 plus shows, I said, yeah. was what we figured. And that includes me sitting in and stuff, too. But so that's a lot of shows. That's a lot of and, shows. And um, I always worry about, like, I hope I don't forget the fucking lyrics. <laughs> I am literally the dude walking around with headphones, not talking to anyone, listening to the songs right before I go on stage. Because I'm always in this mode that I'm going to fear. I never do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's the weirdest thing. After all these years, you'd think I'd finally be like, eh, fuck yeah, fuck it, I got this. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I well, still do it. That's, I mean, a, that's part of it. Everybody has their thing. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. I just want to make goddamn sure. I want people yeah. to come there and be like, dang, these guys sound pretty much... Right. Because uh, another overly... And this might be being overly critical. I'm not sure if Antihero was ever the live band that I wanted us to be. Okay. We had good shows. Yeah. A couple of really great ones, actually. Yeah. But it was just kind of hit and miss. And th- there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Some right. bands are, are better in the studio. Right. Some singers are better in the studio. Some live. Some You know, we've talked yeah. about this. And like... You know, we were kind of uh, sound gardening in that sense. Like, I, I'm not sure we ever replicated live what we were doing in the studio. Ah, okay. But I was the only singer in the band. There's a lot of harmony parts, a lot of octave parts, a lot of double, triple tracking. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to pull off those songs live. Yeah. So with my solo stuff, I have simplified it a little bit. I know there was a lot of stuff on Isaac Craig. You're thinking, well, I, don't know, I heard a lot of shit. There was a lot of layering on that, but mm-hmm. I'm able to transfer that. To a live version, a lot Good. easier and simplify it, and make right. it work a lot easier than the antihero stuff, which had keyboards and uh, 
sitars and stuff that we were we obviously weren't able to replicate that right. stuff live right. but it was important to those songs yeah the things that i cut out of uh like eyes of a crow and some of these newer songs i've got for my solo stuff they're easier to take those things out without it affecting the vibe of the gotcha song. all right yeah so yeah. it's going to be easier for me to do the stuff live, live. and and, yeah. and I'm, i've kind of backed away i've matured a little bit as a singer to where i'm singing a little more for the song i feel like whereas with anti-hero there was more room for me to Maybe shell about my 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 range and Vocals stuff like and that. Stuff. Whereas yeah. with this, this is really more dialed in. Gotcha. You know, so this is more about the song than just the, yeah. Yeah, and the songs are shorter too. There's not the real long musical parts. I mean, yeah. I, I think Eyes of a Crow is actually like four minutes, which is long. The other, the next one comes out is like three. Yeah. And um, yeah. So that's cool. It, it is different. And I, I wanted the songs to be. I don't want this to be antihero part two. I want this to yeah, be yeah. Paul Anthony solo. Yeah, Paul Anthony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, it's, it's me and, asking questions. It just kind of sometimes leads you down there. Yeah. Um, and not to get a watered down version. Not that Antihero was a watered down version of me, but it mm-hmm. still wasn't me completely like being myself. Like Eyes of a Crow is me. Yeah. Um, the next song, the original song I'm working on, is called The Fuzz. Yeah. That's me. You gotcha. know, like these songs are me. I'm, I'm, I'm calling the shots, the lyrics. No one's changing You're anything. Doing everything. So yeah. if, if it flops, it's 100% my fault. Right. Right, and, and but if, it won't. if anything, like all the bands you've been with, Annie Hero and everything, it's the road you took to get to where you're at now. And not like you said, now you're not bashing on them, but you, you just got, you've kind of grown past that a little bit now. And, and just we grew in different directions. Different I think directions. we just wanted different things. Right, really. and then, which which in yeah. almost any kind of grouping, marriage, friendship, that goes with everything. Sometimes you guys just get want different things. And, True, and, and the least, longer you play together too, you start like needing a break from each other. And really, right. art- artistically, it, it's good for your soul to go yeah. do different things. New, and, yeah, pumps you new know, life. I've really your... seen what what Vinay's done with Tragic Bloody Fools, and I they put out four songs. Songs and every one of them is great. I mean, oh, cool. every one of them is great. Awesome. And if this was anti-hero, one or two of them might not have been great. Right. And, and, and you know, so he needed this as much as I needed it. Right. And I'm sure those other guys probably say the same thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's good to get a break in. in, in, in Definitely. And play different fresh, venues. Fresh, they're playing fresh perspectives. They've kind of gone back and, the, and they're kind yeah. of starting back at the club thing and, and building oh, cool. up from that. Good, good rock bars. Yeah. But they've gone back to smaller places and kind of building up. I imagine they're going to try to. Uh, get into these bigger gigs probably yeah. along with me. In fact, we've even talked about both of our acts doing these shows together and kind of oh, working together. There you go. Sales. That's cool. So, yeah, nice. How cool is that? Right? Yeah, that'll be cool. And then, um, right. yeah. Cool. But so then um, I am going to be getting a video for Eyes of a Crow. Got it. Hoping to get it out April 2nd. Yes. And there might be an opportunity for me to play at a place called Molly Malone's mm-hmm. in Los Angeles on April 16th, and I may take it. So I that wasn't going go, to. Yeah. Uh, right. I had some other things going on that I do on the side for money. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to fit it in, but those things don't look like they're going to happen quite at that time. So Okay, so you might be able to do it. Well, to keep me updated, man. I'll, I'll tell yeah. everybody on my podcast, and, yeah. you know, and I'll, I'll post it on my Twitter and Instagram account. You know that, yeah. what you're going to do. And it'll and... be fun. I'll, I'm actually going to play probably like a song from the 13 years. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow's Hand, all the other bands I've been in, nice. and then a couple of anti-hero songs, then yeah. all my new stuff, of course. And awesome. And probably throw a couple of covers in there as well, too. All so. right, man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good to know. So, hey, Paul, man, thank you for uh, inviting me over to the house and and coming on the show, and, and I know you don't do this barely at all, you know. Uh, this stuff, is my and, first podcast, and I, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I definitely do not do well, it. I, again, I'm, I'm honored you did this, man. And, and um, thank I, you for having me. Even though you know we have that connections and stuff, you know, as longtime friends and stuff, that I'm still glad you came and did that for men and and shared your your story and, and your music, man, and your song is fucking awesome, by the way. Thank you so All much. All the stuff I've ever heard yeah. from you has been good, I, I man. And I think you were a tough critic on yourself, but that's what makes you you. That's what makes you True. pull out those songs that you put out is, is, is as right. awesome as it is. Yeah. Man. is uh, you want to do, you got like a, a side or anything, Paul, that you, you want to plug or anything, or you got um, 
like a website or a um, link or an email? Yeah, you guys can definitely check me out at uh, antiheroband.com. I mean, uh, again, I, I left Antihero. That's still my band. I'm tied to that band for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I love that band. I'm passionate about it still. And I'm still, and like I said, Bruce is going to be in my uh, solo project, and Pat Caruso is going to be playing drums in my solo. And those guys are both former members of, of Antihero, also. Nice. And Vinay's going to be in par- part of uh, my music as well. So, really, I'm, I'm very linked to those guys. We're like the Avengers. We just went off on yeah. our own and we're doing <laughs> our own go. thing. Yeah. And come back and, um, again and later we're on. We're all still buddies and we all get, still got each other's backs. And, and nice. yeah, sweet. All right, man. Well, thank you, brother. Again, thank you, um, Hammond, here. Um, and um, bring me to your house, man. And, and Knowing you over the years, dude, it's good to, that we got back together again and, and connected again, man. Yeah. It's been been solid and all the good times we've had. And thanks, man. Hey, as soon as you get your uh, your video up and going, yes. stuff, tell Eyes me. Of the crow. April second. Yes, uh, I will tell. I'll mention again the podcast, and I'll put it on my Instagram, Twitter account, and everything, and everybody let everybody know for sure that it's coming out and everything cool. and any kind of shows you got coming on, man. All I, right, I can post thank for you so buddy. much. And thank thanks, you everyone for listening. To I appreciate you. Guys. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Hey guys, if uh, thank you for listening to the show. If uh, remember, if you want to follow me, I'm at. Um, Twitter and Instagram at TFE underscore podcast. If you want to contact me, you can reach me at Tales from Vegas podcast at yahoo email.com. Thank you guys, and I'll catch you again next time. Thanks again, Paul. Thank you. Appreciate it.